You're going to love this. Trust me, what you're seeing now is my normal state. This is a Super Saiyan. And this... This is what is known as a Super Saiyan that has ascended past a Super Saiyan. Or, you could just call this a Super Saiyan 2. Gohan, what a useless transformation. You've changed your hair, so what? <laughs> just wait! And this... What's he doing? Is to go even further beyond! Nerdist New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. Yep, and we're back with another episode, and yeah, we're going to start this off uh, with a sad occasion, because like I said, it's sometimes these things happen. I uh, want to say rest in peace to Eli. I'm going to make sure I'm saying this right. The 41st president? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, close enough. Uh, for <laughs> George Bush Sr. has passed away this last weekend. Uh, and I guess we could just talk about some brief stuff about George Bush. I mean, we're old enough. We remember Bush in office. Right. Yeah. So, Eli, let me ask you this. Was Bush, We I was young when Bush was there. Not young, young, but not young enough to keep up with politics. But for the most part, he was well-liked, wasn't he? I guess. Yeah. I, me too. I was, I, was, I was too young to give a shit. Yeah. I, like, you, I, you knew him. You saw him on TV, but, you know. Yeah. He was Reagan's vice president, right? Right, he was Reagan's vice president. And, and like I said, because I remember Reagan, everybody loved Reagan. Like, I, I never heard anybody say anything bad about Reagan. Now, of course, you rewind the time of 2018, now everybody's saying all kind of fucked up shit. But back then in the 80s, I mean, Reagan was a fucking superhero. You know? Well, not according, not, not, not according to, like, uh, punk rockers and metalheads. He sucked. But, uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but to the yuppies, you know. Yeah, the... yeah, the me generation. But, um. But yeah, then George Bush became president, and still I was like in high school, like I I, I wasn't aware, even socially did, aware. Right, even though he did put us in a war at the time, there's a storm, you know. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, people still liked him, even for that. Um, because you know I he guess, was going at the Saddam Hussein and you know fighting terrorism and stuff like that. So even then, people liked him. So what I'm what I'm trying to get to is like, was he the last president that everybody liked? I don't know. Did, no, what did not everybody did not like Clinton? <laughs> everybody did like Clinton until. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Uh, until uh, yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. In my most of my adult life, yeah, the, the country's been pretty divided. So <laughs> I, I, that's what I think. I think when 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 the tragedy not tragedy, but when the bullshit happened with Clinton, and he got impeached, 
that's when it went downhill with every president where everybody was kind of divided on president so but i think for the most part for bush i think people pretty much liked him everybody loved reagan uh everybody loved jimmy carter am i missing a president am i okay I guess. I don't know. I just remember uh, The Simpsons had an episode with George Bush where he moved next door to Homer. Yeah. They had that prank war going on and shit. But well, there you go. He was on The Simpsons. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we, we liked him, I guess. I guess. <laughs> that is the litmus test if you're on The Simpsons. Uh, Yeah, that being said, I, nothing else we can start here. Can we move on to the rest of the podcast? Cause we actually, we got a lot of stuff to, to unpack right now. Okay. Let's just dive into it. Uh, like I said, for those familiar with the podcast, now we t- jump into the box office numbers. We talk about the box office. Uh, Eli said he was going to work on the sound effect, but he hadn't given us that. But we'll do it next week. Don't worry. Uh, Eli, give it to me. What's number one? The, the new record, Ralph. Yep, Ralph Rex. The whatever. Uh, and then we got number two. We have Doctor Seuss, The Grinch, twenty eighteen. Uh, we have three Creed two. Uh, we have. Fantastic Beast, the Harry Potter of the whatever. Uh, number five, Bohemian Rhapsody, still hanging in there. Number okay. six, Instant Family, the the Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh, new, jumping in. Uh, number seven is Possession of Hannah Grace, and number eight, Robin Hood, which I think they said that movie made like fourteen million since it's been out, <laughs> like complete flop. Uh, Robin Hood. Uh, number nine, Window Widows. And number 10, Green Book, which they said everybody's going to win an Oscar for that one or something. So it seems like a pretty big movie. Uh, Eli, you know what I just thought about? I'm thinking about after next week. I think next week's probably going to be our last regular show of the year. Because other than that, everything else is going to be movie, 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 movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because December has become the new summertime. Oh, uh, like I said, I think I hadn't looked at Into the Spider-Verse one time. I think they said it's like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes already. Okay, yeah. And somebody sent me a link on how to get early tickets for Aquaman. But it's just like you you uh, predicted. I, I won't be able to see it in in my town. So if I do yeah, get free tickets to Aquaman, I have to travel to go see it. But yeah, I know how to get tickets to go see them. If I can find a theater that shows them. Well, how far are you away from the nearest theater that will show it? <laughs> I didn't, the the one that popped up was was Gulfport, which is actually on the coast of Mississippi. We have and to drive to the coast to see that. That's about two and a half hours. I like, do I really <laughs> want to see Aquaman that bad? You know, and then I get there and it's just a bunch of screaming women over Jason Momoa shirtless eighty percent of the time. I don't know. If I, that's why I didn't see Creed, man. I heard that they were doing the same thing with Creed. Dude had his shirt off the entire time. You know, I don't know. Uh, shit, can we segue from that to the sense why I brought up Creed? Yeah, good. Fuck it. This is a good segue. Learn from this, kids. <laughs> so, since we talked about Creed, we talked about Michael B. Jordan. Apparently, Michael B. Jordan got in the news real quick where, uh, basically he said that for his role as Killmonger in Black Panther that he had to go to therapy, uh, afterwards. He had to see a psychiatrist for that. Um, Eli, I, honestly, I think that's really good news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really good news because, uh, I mean, we don't want another uh, Heath Ledger situation where, you know, an actor goes off the deep end and can't come back. And honestly, I think for, like, the type of personality he normally plays in interviews and things like that, maybe he's an asshole in real life. We don't know. Maybe he's a nice guy. But if he is a nice guy, I feel like playing that role in Killmark, he, he did have to take himself to some dark places to get there. Basically, you know, hate white people, you know, 
So, <laughs> you know, he had to bring himself back from the brink of that, and I'm and I'm glad for that. Is it, is it, isn't his wife white? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's not married. Now, every single girlfriend he's with in the media, yes, is white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I can picture him at the Killmonger. You know, he goes back home. He's just uh, uh, three or four white women in his house. He just kicked them all out. Get out of here. You know, so he had to focus to get, you know, get that back. Otherwise, you know. But uh, what I was gonna talk about that? Yeah, is it? But is this a good thing about that? Because, like I said, mental health is a good thing that people don't take serious enough, especially in the black community. We don't take it serious enough uh, as far as mental health. So it's good that he's doing it. And if people are having, you know, mental issues or you know, it won't it won't stigmatize, you know, um, therapy. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. And, and and as far as actors. Like they, we we like to joke about their job that they're that's ease and stuff like that. Some of them have hard jobs. You know, you have to pretend to be somebody for six months, for years, stuff like that. Now, if you're playing a good guy, that may not too bad. But if you're playing like a really fucked up villain or a psycho or somebody that eats somebody, that could mess with your psyche. Yeah. You know, especially playing different roles, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So yeah, a lot of these guys probably do need therapy. That's why a lot of them are kind of you know fucked up. Mentally, like Tom Cruise, <laughs> you know, he might need to see a therapist or something like that, you know. So, I'm glad that's getting out there, and maybe we'll get we're gonna get to the point where you know, uh, psych psychiatry. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he keeps making Mission Impossible movies because he really thinks he's uh he's Ethan Hawke or whatever his name is. Well, here's the thing. That's the thing about they they had a strategic marketing plan around the last uh Mission Impossible movie. Because they know the public thinks uh, Tom Cruise is crazy. So what they did is like, don't let Tom Cruise talk. Let Henry Cavill talk. Because <laughs> he's not crazy yet. <laughs> Eventually he'll get there. And it's good. I mean, you got people that unplug from, you know, Hollywood every now and then. Dave Chappelle disappeared for like 15 years or some shit. No. <laughs> he's not crazy. But think about all these uh, child stars that came up. All of these people need therapy. You know. Uh, that being said, we can move on there. Past that, I guess we can talk about. Yeah, let's talk about some movie casting. What I want to talk about before we get to the main stuff, we can talk about some more Marvel. We can talk about uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu or whatever it's gonna be called, Master of Kung Fu. We're getting yeah. a Shang Shang Chi movie. Am I saying it right? Or am I being racist? Oh. I, I think that's how you say it. Oh well, we will get hate mail when <laughs> the night is happening. So yeah, we're getting a Shang Chi movie. They've been hinting at it for a while. They're saying he might pop up and. An Iron Fist or some bullshit. Who knows? No, he's getting his own movie, feature link movie. They already hired a uh, a writer to do it, maybe a director. I'm not really sure. And they said they're gonna fast track this, so it's probably gonna be one of those movies. Like out of, out of those six movies, Marvel has six movies untitled that they have slated that they haven't announced what movie's gonna be what yet. And Shang Chi might be one of those movies. You know? Yeah. Uh, hopefully it happens. Um, about damn time. This seems like a no-brainer because, like I said, China loves superhero movies. So you're getting a Chinese superhero. This might be another Black Panther. It could be, yeah. It could be. I mean, we're talking about just just a global, worldwide phenomenon, you know. Even though it's going to be another Kung Fu movie, you know. Some people say that could be stereotype, it could be racist. But, hey, China makes 15 billion Kung Fu movies a year. Yeah, yeah, that's... And so, I mean, are they being racist against themselves? <laughs> I mean, so just give them what they want. I think 
They should, Marvel should, I'm pretty sure Marvel's already got a plan behind this. <coughs> Team up with China. Uh, find out what China likes. Pander to them. Definitely just go for it, you know. Uh, maybe set it in like the old times and make it as kung fu-y as possible. Make it a love letter to the Shaw Brothers, like you were saying before. Because, let's be honest, I mean, we, let's let's not, let's call a spade a spade. Shang-Chi is a Bruce Lee ripoff. Yeah. That's all he is. They keep saying, uh, he's the first Asian superhero. Yeah, Bruce Lee was. I mean, that's all he was. And hell, if you want to go by Asian superheroes inspired by Bruce Lee, you can go back to Green Hornet with Kato. Yeah. They all the same guy. Matter of fact, that's gonna be my next poll. Kato versus Shang Chi. Uh, you got Hulk, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, they can. You can just go down and list the guys. You know, uh, every fighting game has a Bruce Lee clone. That's all Shang Chi was. Matter of fact, they they don't even pretend that Shang Chi is a Bruce Lee ripoff because whenever Shang Chi pops up in any comic book, all they do is take Bruce Lee movies and scenes from them and just trace over them. I've seen it happen before. Like, why is he stomping on uh, Baron Zemo like like he's in Return of the Dragon or something? But it's funny as hell. You know, he start pulling out nunchucks against Cyber Ninjas. Like, what the fuck is that going to do? Oh, what? Whatever. He always whooping ass. Yeah. So, let me say that we can move on to the main event that everybody is talking about. And this is the thing that we actually held off recording the podcast because we wanted to wait to see what was going to happen with this trailer. And it never came out. <laughs> so we had to settle for Captain Marvel. Yay. Yeah. All right, Eli, like I said, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about the trailer. Uh, what, did, what did you think about it? I thought it was fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, The thing is, because nobody wanted it. It's like, yeah. We, well, we've been begging for Avengers 4 trailer for long. I had to eat a fucking cheeseburger online for that stuff. And this is what we get. A fucking Captain Marvel trailer. We're just showing more footage. Okay, she smacked the old lady. Okay, this trailer. Okay, the old lady smacks the back. Okay. Do we really need to see that shit? You know. And honestly, the more that trailer was going on, the less Brie Larson was selling me she was Captain Marvel. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> she just didn't have that. You know, like that superhero presence, you know, like when Chris Evans talk or even when Robert Downey Jr. talks, you know, when he's not joking around as Tony Stark, when he gets serious and Iron Man, you know, you can feel it. Okay, definitely beat some ass. He just sounds kind of whiny and shit. I don't know. And you know, she's supposed to be the most powerful character in the universe and shit like that. And I was like, eh, okay. Now, I did like when she goes Super Saiyan. Hey, when she went Super Saiyan, that sold me. Yeah, no, I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. She's flying out in space. Uh, blown yeah. up shits and shit. I'm uh, blown up ships. I'm like, okay, that's some Captain Marvel shit to do. And Eli, is that why it's not impressing us right now? Because we've already seen this shit like in thousands of comics and cartoons and shit. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it just looked like okay. If you make a Captain Marvel movie, that's what it's supposed to look like. So okay, good job for that. I just, I just thought, damn, why didn't DC do this shit in, with their Superman? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that looks cool. No, because yeah. they want to mope around and, and, and <laughs> scream Martha and shit, you know. Yeah, this is the female Superman, and she's kicking ass. Damn, why did, why did Superman? Why, why Superman, Superman does Superman like, the like, like, Superman does that shit the same time. Just heat vision ships and shit. I'm like, yeah. Like, damn, man. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, that that even more depressing now. So, but yeah, we're getting Super Saiyan Captain Marvel, the movie nobody asked for. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost like you gotta have it. You you gotta have this before Avengers Four, because if if this would came out after Avengers Four, nobody would have gave a fuck about this trailer. Yeah. So you got to do it. Plus, now we got a little hint of what she's going to do. That way, when she shows up in the Avengers 4 uh, movie or the trailer that's coming out, supposedly, supposedly Wednesday. When it comes out. So oh, when now, she shows up, now it's coming out Wednesday now? That's what they're saying. Uh, you know, you can't trust the internet. The internet's been saying everything. They've been saying Avengers 4 is supposed to come out today. Captain Marvel's supposed to come out Wednesday. But they know what the fuck you're talking about. Marvel confirmed, you know, it's going to out today. Matter of fact, I'm going to make another confirmation. We will get a okay. teaser trailer tomorrow. When I mean teaser, I mean like five seconds, ten seconds, some bullshit like that. They might even give us the name of the movie tomorrow. The, tra- the trailer to the trailer? The trailer to the trailer. Because right. that's what they do. Because you just can't just drop Avengers 4. It's got to be a big thing. So, and, But wait, there's more. It's got to be an event. They've been doing all this event shit. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> during the, a game or during... Good Morning America or Jimmy Kimmel or some shit. Right, so, like all yeah. like all fifty yeah. Avengers pop out of nowhere, come onto the screen, like, hey, check out a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm sure it's gonna do. They're gonna do something like shit like that. Yeah, it's not, they're not just they're not gonna do DC and just drop it out of nowhere. Like, hey, here's a the trailer. There you go. So it's not gonna be like that. But like I said, but wait, there's more. Eli, there's rumor there may be even another trailer that might pop up this week. Oh yeah. They're saying. Spider-Man Far From Home might drop this week. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. They're saying Avengers might drop Wednesday. Spider-Man drop, might drop Thursday. Because okay. if, if, if you look at the timeline, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out a month after Avengers. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty close close by. So, yeah, we got all those uh, things happening. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's stay with Marvel. Let's stay with Marvel. See what we got with Marvel. Uh, I guess some bad news, but not really bad news. We saw it coming. Uh, Daredevil got canceled. Yeah. So everybody's freaking out. Everybody's upset. Like they didn't just pay attention to all the other shit that was getting canceled left and right. So people still thinking it's still going to the Disney, uh, service. All right. We need to get past this. They've already confirmed that it wasn't before this shit happened when we did this shit with Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And they doubled down on this shit with Daredevil. You got everybody on Daredevil's Twitter. You got Charlie Cox and you got the showrunners and you got the directors and you got the actors like that all waving goodbye. All saying it was fun working with Daredevil. I hope to see you again in my next So they're not planning to do other shit. They're done. They're looking for work now. They're looking for other jobs. So all you thinking is going to the Disney Plus service where they don't allow R-rated content, where they don't want shit to do with Netflix, and they got real good shit coming out like Loki and Scarlet Witch shit like that? That can happen. These shows are dead. We need to accept that so we can move on to the next level of grief. I feel like every time a show gets canceled, Eli, we have to keep making the same speech over again. (laughs) So like they didn't catch on the first time. So plus they said with the way the contract is set up, uh, they probably couldn't move the shows over anyway. So the shows are still going to stay with Netflix. They can't move them over anyway. And Kevin Feige don't give a fuck about these Netflix shows. So that's the thing about it. Did you even finish it, Eli? What, Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I never did. You never did? 
I, I never did. I, I think I'm only left uh, episode eleven. I did finish. Yeah, I finished it. A, yeah, a while ago, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I, I feel it's like cool. there's a lot of people complaining about these shows and canceling for right. They're not even watching them. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it was cool. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna eventually get around to finish it. But that's the thing: when I see all these shows getting canceled and shit, it made me not even want to finish them. It's just like, what's the point now? You know. <laughs> and now some people are freaking out. They're saying they they thinking this one they say they keep hanging on to because Marvel put out a tweet saying Daredevil will continue. Yes, Daredevil will continue. If Daredevil will eventually be in a live action something eventually down the road somewhere, but not in the way you see it now. Charlie Cox not be there. The director won't be there. Deborah Wall won't be there. Fat Foggy won't be there. It's gonna be a brand new thing. It's gonna be rebooted, and we don't know when it's coming, but it's coming, and it won't be with those guys. Same thing with Luke Cage. Same thing with Iron Fist. They will pop up again. It just won't be in the way you remember it. Won't be Netflix. Yeah. So. So yeah, we need to. There'll be, be comedies. <laughs> there'll be comedies. They'll be having fun. There will be cracking jokes. Yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. So yeah, just 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 let it go. Uh, what are we gonna talk about? Oh, can we talk about DC now? Okay. Okay, I want to talk about DC first before we get into the good shit. I want to talk about uh CW. Uh, because unlike Netflix, which is falling around its ears, <laughs> it's still going strong. And let me go back to Netflix. Eli, I'll be honest with you. After Jessica Jones, which will get canceled, and Punisher, which will get canceled, I'm probably going to cancel my subscription. Oh, yeah? There's nothing to keep me on there. The reason I got the subscription was because of those Marvel shows. Here's the thing, because I drink the Kool-Aid. So even if you give me a mediocre show, if you slap Marvel's name on it, I'm still going to watch it. But now none of that shit is there. I'm like, okay, why still got this shit? So, yeah, once I see Jessica Jones in her jeans and shit for the third season... That's it. I'm done. I'm out. Use the I don't know. Last Dragon is on there right now. I was about to say, we should do a commentary to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> do I... Eli, do you know how much I got teased for that fucking movie growing up? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Every time it came on HBO, I hear people walking down the street, uh, my kids and students walking down the street, quoting the movie to me. Hey, Leroy, you have the glow. Leroy. This shit got fucking annoying, man. You know what? I'll do it anyway. Fuck it. Just so I can rag on that fucking movie. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll we'll do. And plus, uh, Vanity was fine as fucking 80. So, yeah, we'll do that. What was I talking about? DC. Yeah, so we talk about DC. Uh, Eli, that last episode of Arrow. Oh, yeah? Holy fuck. I know a lot of you listening haven't seen the shit because CW sucks. Whatever, fuck ever. That shit was fucking awesome. Uh, basically, he was in jail. Uh, he had got released from jail, but before he got released from jail, a riot broke out. So all the bad guys that hated him were trying to kill him. The cricket cops were trying to kill him. A uh, dude from the outside broke into the jail to kill him. And the only way he can get out was by Bronze Tiger. Now, for those who don't know Bronze, well, you know who Bronze Tiger is if you listen to this podcast. But since you don't watch CW, you don't know who he is. He's Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White is playing Bronze Tiger on there. So Michael Jai White was on the Arrow show beating ass the whole time. I'm like, okay, that's fucking awesome. And I, every time Michael Jai White shows up in anything beating ass, like, why is Michael Jai White not beating more ass? He needs to be doing something. Give me a Black Dynamite 2. Give me that other shit he was talking about. Something. Give me a Bronze Tiger spinoff. Something. 
because it was fucking awesome. And then just the way the way he had to like run a gauntlet through all these bad guys, he had to whoop that shit. The shit was like a damn movie, to be honest with you. It was like what was that? Kind of like The Rock. Kind of like The Rock, but not really like The Rock. You know. Anyway, awesome movie. What was I talking about? Oh, uh, Supergirl. Let's talk about Supergirl. Oh, uh, I don't really want to talk about Supergirl, but what I do want to talk about is the last five seconds of Supergirl. <laughs> Because the last five seconds of Supergirl, <laughs> uh, actually what happened is that after Supergirl did her Supergirl bullshit and whatever, they cut to Earth-90, a multiverse. And what we saw was a whole bunch of dead superheroes laying around everywhere. And you saw one hero crawling, and it was Flash. But it wasn't the CW Flash. It was the Flash from the 90s. He was crawling, and he was standing up looking at the anti-monitor. The anti-monitor, was the, and I think the book he had in his hand was the Book of Infinity. I think weighs like infinite pounds or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, he said, you brought this on yourself. So he opens up the book, and everybody knows that it read Christ on Infinite Earth. When you open up the book, that's it. That universe is completely erased because that's what the anti-monitor does. He erases universes. So the 90s Flash, you know, basically bolted out of it and ran off. So I'm pretty sure he's going to run off to another universe and shit like that. And basically it's setting up. Of the Elseworlds crossover, you know, where everything's gonna yeah, be tipsy time. So this is, gonna, is this is this setting that up though? Yeah, setting this up because I think that is coming next week. Yeah, yeah, that's coming next week. So right. that's gonna be that's gonna be a big deal. Uh, I'm excited for it. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm excited for it. Uh, what else we got? Nothing else we want to talk about here. Oh, yeah, one more thing. And then we talk about, since we're talking about uh, DC. Okay, can I talk about Titans real quick? Good. My favorite show right now, Eli. It, it does. Every time that show comes on Friday, I get more and more excited. I mean, even this Friday, I'm like, oh, shit, Titans on. I got to watch it. You know, as soon as I get off work, I want to watch it at work and stuff like that. Because this last episode, they had Donna Troy on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Donna Troy, for those who don't know who Donna Troy is, Donna Troy has had like 50 million origin stories because they keep rebooting damn universe every time. But the most famous universe uh, origin story of her is that she's Wonder Girl, Wonder Woman's sister, or one of her sisters, anything like that. So she's on the show, and Dick has been carrying around this this uh, book with him the whole time that he can't read, nobody on the team can read, but Donna Troy got the same power Wonder Woman had in the Wonder Woman movie, you know, where she could read like any language and shit like that. So she took the book and she read the uh, the book and stuff like that. She's like, okay, Dick, this is what you have. Uh, apparently, somebody named Starfire is coming to kill somebody named Raven. I don't know what any of that means. And Dick's like, uh-oh. And then he turns the car and runs around. But then you see, you go back to the Teen Titans base, and Raven is just talking to Starfire. And Starfire all of a sudden just freaked the fuck out and started choking. And she's like, oh, that's the story. So apparently, Starfire the whole time didn't know. Now she knows who she is, and she's there to assassinate Raven. And we're gonna see how that goes. So, pretty awesome story. I'm ready for and this who, whole. And, and who she played by? The same chick. Oh, you mean Donna Troy? Yeah. Some I don't know. Some white chick. I don't know. Nobody famous. But they had it. But I like how they have the story in there. Like she's exactly how she was in the comics, in the Teen Titan comics. She was a photographer by day. You know, she was trying to teach Dick how to be a non-superhero because dick doesn't know how to operate in how to operate not as robin like he can beat ass all day but how to work in like a professional setting to talk to normal people he don't know how to do that so she was trying to teach him how to do that and even at the end of the story they can't feel like they're setting up nightwing 
he was like, I can't be Robin anymore. Because actually in the last episode, he torched the Robin costume. So he can't be Robin anymore even if he wanted to. So, and he tells her, I can't be Robin anymore. What can I do? He's like, well, you can't be Robin. You can't be Batman. You might as well be your own thing. Because you can't be Dick Grayson because you suck at that. So you're like, yeah, you're right. So uh, apparently they're setting it up. Eventually he's going to become Nightwing. That being said, last thing we got to uh they have another movie they're going to fast. Actually, you know what? Eli, they got two movies DC is trying to fast track. Zatanna and Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Blue Beetle, like I said, he's a, a DC's first Latino superhero that laid his own book other than Vibe, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he, he, people get angry at him just because, because another uh race change or race swap it like that because he was a white guy before got shot in the head by a bad guy and then all of a sudden he became a latino superhero so pretty sure that's the version you're gonna go with who knows when the movie comes out probably 2000 never just like every other dc movie they have coming out when's flash coming out who knows it'll come out at the same time man still two comes out so <laughs> uh we also have zatanna which is also in production also that will come out whenever DC just always just announcing movies left and right, never get made. But I will say this about Satana. If this movie, hopefully, it'll get made in the next five years, which probably won't. But if it does, it better be Alexandra Daddario. If that movie is made and she's not cast as Satana, Eli, we riot. And who is this now? Some hot chick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say over there. Uh, let's move to the video game section. Okay, video game section, what we have, uh, only thing that was major on there, like uh, GameStop got some numbers back from Black Friday, and it was not looking good. Let me look at these numbers real quick. They fall asleep, hold on. Okay, here we go. Uh, numbers is 488 million was their third quarter loss alone. So what that means... Uh, it means GameStop is in deep doo doo. That's what it means. Uh, the mean writing selling the writing. comics for them isn't working out. So. They, they were doing that, weren't they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Too, I'll, I'll get back to the comic things in a second. Matter of fact, I'm gonna transition that. But yeah, uh, the reason GameStop is hurting because they had this deal going on where they were supposed to sell like a bunch of two hundred dollar PlayStation, two hundred dollar Xbox. Something got messed up where they sold them ahead of time, or people didn't get it where they want to. But anyway. It's a big fiasco. They lost all kind of money on it and didn't get any money on it. And the thing is, these these companies are starting to move the digital now anyway. And that's what digital is doing is killing brick and mortar stores. And GameStop isn't immune from it also. Not that not only to add to the shitty customer service they have and the shitty business practice they had, the things that are moving in digital is not helping either. Especially when they're saying the rumors that PlayStation 5 and the Xbox, whatever, are all going to be completely digital. So you can't even buy the games at GameStop. And you're selling your games back to GameStop and thinking you're going to get 50 cents for them or a dollar for them. People are sick of that shit. It's only a matter of time before GameStop becomes blockbuster. When they make another Captain Marvel-esque movie where they uh, remake I Love the 2010s, it's going to be GameStop. Kids won't know what the fuck that is. That's what's happening. Uh, glad you brought up comic books and selling with video games. Let's talk about comic book stores for a second. Comic book stores seem to be thriving, Eli, but it's not based, but they're not thriving because of comics. What okay. I've seen, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Like I said, you have a much bigger uh, uh, comic book shop than I have. My comic book shop 
owns like a lot of other properties. Like for instance, um, at my job, doing I think uh, I don't know one of the weekends or Black Friday or Thanksgiving something like that, we got to deliver Papa John's. You know, you know me, I I swore I was gonna boycott Papa John's. I want to eat Papa John's because they're racist as fuck. But I was hungry, so <laughs> that was my cheat day. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I looked on the Papa John's bu- uh, bucket or what the fuck pan box box. Okay, so I looked on the Papa John box. And I see the logo of the comic book shop that's right next to Papa John's. Apparently, the comic book shop owns Papa John's. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they own Papa John's. And then what they said, like they, and I hadn't been in a comic book shop in a while, but what they're saying is that all the comic book uh, books that they had in there, they cleared most of them out. The reason they cleared most of them out is so they can start hosting Magic the Gathering tur- tournaments. And they're okay, saying yeah. that's where they make most of their money. Yeah. Don't like shit. So your yeah. comic book My shop. Comic books, yeah, that's what they're doing. They have a lot of gaming going on. Yeah, so it's like the comic books are like an afterthought. It's a comic book shop, but it's like they're just throwing the name on it. Just say it. it's like saying mixtape, even though nobody uses tapes anymore. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm glad they're surviving, but damn, they're not surviving off comics. They're doing everything they can other than comics to survive. So. That being said, can we move to comics? <laughs> sure. Okay. We did go through everything. We went through everything. I kind of I flew through that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did talk. We talked about Captain Marvel trailer. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I mean, we forgot about it immediately as soon as we finished talking about it. But yeah, <laughs> we bitched about it that we didn't want a Captain Marvel trailer. But yeah. Okay. Uh, shit. I guess I should go first because I guess I had more books. I guess. Yeah, it was a shit week, so I, I barely read anything. It was a lot of shit that came out. I just didn't read any of them. Oh damn! Okay. I, well, I read it. I read anything that comes out. <laughs> Not this week, anyways. Okay, so I'll go first. And damn, I can barely remember what happened in this book, but I try to do my best to remember. Okay, so we got Heroes in Crisis number three. Yeah, Heroes Crisis number three. Tom Crane, Tom King's uh book about superheroes and therapy, which we just talked about, which is another book that I think is bringing light to. You know, shedding the stigma on therapy. Uh, basically, how what the book is about is actually uh, rewind a little bit of time before the first issue, where it's a little flashback on it, where it shows Booster Gold first coming to Sanctuary. Sanctuary is the place where the superheroes go to get therapy. You know, and uh, the robots that are meeting him basically look like Mon Park Paul Kent. You know, and they're talking to him, helping him stuff like that. And apparently, everybody in Sanctuary, the heroes wear like psycho pirate mask and like uh full hoods so nobody can recognize them which i think is kind of stupid because they're already wearing superhero costumes to protect their identity so they wear another costume on top of that costume to protect the identity of that costume what the fuck i thought that was stupid but anyway uh apparently you can go to this place you can uh they got like a danger room simulate stuff like that and anybody in there can simulate anything they want to do go anywhere they want to go and a lot of them go and relive their old traumas that they've been through you know like lagoon boy was there and he was there when a whole bunch of other heroes got you know killed and stuff like that and he just relives that moment over and over again because he thinking if he does it enough times you know he can get his mind over it so booster gold goes into one of the room and and ma ken or pa ken one of them tell him you know one of the robots tell him okay booster you can do whatever you want to do what do you want to do 
and he turns one of the robots into an into him. So the room is just Booster Gold in a room with Booster Gold. And the, even the robot is even talking shit to him. Like, Booster Gold, you were stupid as hell. Out of all the things you could have did, you could have you went to Themyscira and did whatever the fuck you wanted to with a whole bunch of Amazons. Why are you just did in the room to make another room with me, with you in there? He like, so I can do this. And he just started beating the shit out of himself. Out of, out of the robot that looks like Booster Gold. And basically he was like taking frustration out on the, on the, uh, the thing. But when that happened, they get some kind of alert. And all the heroes run outside, and the heroes run outside, see the other heroes already out there, and they're dead. Like, what the hell? Lagoon Boy runs out, he gets killed. Like, what the fuck? Uh, Wally West comes out, he sees Roy Harper, you know, Arsenal, dead on the ground. Like, what the hell? And he turns around, and he gets smashed in the face with a sledgehammer. And then Booster Gold looks around, he's like, everybody dead, and he sees Harley Quinn standing over Wally West. Like, what the hell? And Harley's like, oh, hey, Booster, I didn't know you were here. And that's how the book, book ends. So I guess it starts with the getting the first book or whatever. So, and I'm pretty sure I, I blew up a bunch of shit over wall over there. But for the most part, it would just catch you up on what Sanctuary was about. So it feel like a a breather episode when they get to the next episode when they find out what the fuck Superman, what the fuck Flash does when he find out Wally's dead. You know. Yeah. Overall, I get the book uh four to five. Pretty interesting. You know. Cool. Okay. Let's see what. I guess I guess I'll go with uh, Drowned Earth. Thank you, because I did not read that one. I wanted to read that one. Okay, yeah, Aquaman Justice League, Drowned Earth number one. Even though it's the finale, so (laughs) makes no sense. But okay, yeah. So, um, so this basically wraps up the story arc. Um, The space sea gods have come down to Earth to take. To take over Earth for revenge on Poseidon, fucking them over back in the day. Um, they have infected the oceans and uh, flooded the Earth with this uh, toxic water that turns everybody into sea monster zombie things. And the Justice League have been going around collecting swords and tridents and, you know, um, uh, magical things to basically that will help them defeat these gods. Um, but these, but the gods have also teamed up with the Legion of Doom, who are, you know, hell bent on destroying the Earth. Right. So um, this basically has uh, Aquaman getting Poseidon's trident, and he faces off with the gods. But only instead of destroying the gods, he decides he's going to make a truce and right the wrong that was done to them by Poseidon's all those eons ago, and they actually agree to it. You know, but then Black Mana, he gets all pissed and decides, you know, f- you know, fuck everything up and release that death, the giant death kraken. Release the death kraken. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. coming through the space portal that that will basically kill everything on Earth, and that basically sets up a showdown between Aquaman and Black Mana. It gives them an excuse to fight. You know. Okay. So Aquaman and Black Mana fight, and of course Aquaman wins. Wait, but, but does uh, Black Mana still have Aquaman's powers? Yeah. Oh, but oh, the, yeah. Aqu- Aquaman decide uh, finds out that he gets that the tear of uh, what's that thing? The tear the, of extinction. Yeah, that. Yeah. And it's basically it's not about death; it's about life, and his power comes from life. He basically uses the force. You know. The power was inside you the entire time. Yep. Yeah, and that's that basically yeah, and he um that's how he gets the the, the sea gods to agree with them. So uh so he kicks Black Manta's ass. And um, 
but the death cracking is still coming through the portal. And Aquaman decides to, uh, he's going to sacrifice himself to stop the cracking and close the portal. And it basically seems to kill him. He basically, everyone thinks he's dead, you know, but the earth is saved. Everything goes back to normal, but everyone thinks the Aquaman is dead, but he's not, of you course. know, last panel he's on, he washes up on some shore and it's just all set up for the new Aquaman run, which is starting this. I think it's starting this month with a new creative team. Any gonna have like amnesia or something? Uh, I may. I don't know. I don't. I really know. Okay. But all in all, I thought it was a cool book. Um, of course, it is very dense, very convoluted. It's Scott Snyder doing what he always does and just stuffing all this shit into one issue, which makes me wonder: like, all the stuff that was in this book could have been broken up into different issues instead of all the stupid tie-ins that we had where nothing happened. Right. <laughs> the earth is getting more flooded. Yeah. It's, it's like they waited for this last issue just to cram all the stuff into one story. Wow. And, um, and it's not a bad story. It's, 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 um, it's, it's just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of cool moments in it. You know, there's a part where Batman shows up at a key moment which is hilarious. You know, he shows up, he's got Lex Luthor's armor and shit. And, you know, the uh, Black Manta cracks a joke. It's funny because, yeah, he's cracking jokes. He's like, you ain't got no powers anymore. All you can do is you, you just you, you just basically talk to fish. Right. And, and Aquaman's like, yeah, well, but everybody on this planet is a fish monster. So fuck you. And then <laughs> it's a big horde of fucking those fish monsters coming at him. <laughs> so that, that was cool. They all, all the... the the hordes of sea monsters mob it up on them, and and then it just it really highlighted the relationship between Mira and Aquaman, you know, which I thought was really cool, you know, just to show how close they are, just how down they are for each other. I think they're one of the best couples ever. So yeah. So even though it was cramped with a lot of shit, it was still a cool story. I give it a four out of five. Okay, I, Eli. In the grand scheme of things, I think this crossover event will eventually be forgotten when all boils down to it. We'll forget yeah. it ever happened. I mean, it it, it kind of reminded me of Dark Knight, like how dark how it was paced, how Dark Knight Metals was paced. Like it was all this cool setup, and then they just half-assed that ending. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like we, we were excited up. about it at first, and then we just yeah. like, okay, this shit is still going. Yeah, and it's like nothing was happening. It was all just set up, and then the last issue was like, okay, let's let's destroy these universes and get the get the fucking break the source ready. wall yeah, and all the shit evil and, hawk man and joker yeah. and evil joker teaming up and what the fuck yeah. all that one issue <laughs> yeah all like and all the cool little details that you wanted to see well, wasn't like, like a hundred yeah. like a, a thousand wonder women running somewhere or some shit fighting people yeah yeah there was all this cool little little side plots that would have been cool if they had expanded this you know you know, if they had their own little, they had all these tie-ins where they didn't address any of that. You know, and, right. and that's what this one felt like. It's like, you know, they all got, you know, the Justice League all got these special suits to protect them from the water, and you know, they're sailing. They they're still on the boat sailing towards the 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 uh, what's it called, Aryans uh, uh, thing. Yeah, all the shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a little there's a little bout between uh, uh, Cheetah and and uh, and Wonder Woman. You know that's where that's where uh, Batman shows up, and you know because Cheetah's kicking Wonder Woman's ass, and Batman comes up comes up out of the blue with the with the special armor, and you know saves saves Wonder Woman. You know, wow. <laughs> but but yeah, it's just all this like 
stuff that could have been expanded on is just crammed up. And it's a double issue too. It's a, it's a big book. And it's like, but it still seems like we could have seen more of it. You know, if, if some of those other issues had dealt with the stuff going on in this, it's just, yeah, it just felt rushed at the end. Yeah. Which, I, what, I read yeah. in trade when it's, when it's collecting trade and see, was it as memorable as I remember? Cause I don't know. It's, I'm just ready for you to get back to the regular Just League because it seemed like they had an interesting story in the regular Just League book, and this shit just feel like it's just like, okay, let's detour, do this Aquaman shit for the movie, then we'll get back to the regular story. Meanwhile, yeah. the Hall of Justice, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the story, the you know, the god ships are still, you know, the fleet of god ships are still in the sky, and, you know, they're still, you know, fucking sailing towards Arian's uh, uh, thing to try to get the trident, and you know, that's like half the story. And then the rest of the story is them just, you know, hurrying up and resolving everything. You know, <laughs> that's all that was, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll get around to reading eventually. What's next on the list? Fuck it. I can't remember. I think it's Fantastic Four number four. I think. I might be fucking up if I'm wrong. Oh, well, just correct me. Okay. So basically what happened in this book. Oh, Reed and Valerio rebuild that multiverse machine, whatever like that, and they send every single member that has ever existed in the Fantastic Four back. But nobody's really sure whether or not it was like the actual version of them or like a multiverse version. Reed just plucked out of somewhere, but who cares? It doesn't really matter. So they all go back to the regular universe. Also, when they go back to the regular universe, somebody has already replaced them, and they've been replaced by the Fantastics. So Human Torch, like the Fantastic, what the hell is going on? He thinking like Reed made a fucked up and put him in an alternate universe like that instead of bringing him back to the 616. So the Fantastics are there and they're fighting the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew was about to rob banks shit like that, so they're fighting in the middle of it. So the Fantastic Four see that and Ben is like, you know what? Y'all can have this. I'm, I'm about to leave. Y'all can, I don't give a fuck what happened with the Wrecking Crew. And then when he leaves, Franklin goes with them. So when they leave, uh, Valera's like, okay, well, there's only three of y'all left. That means I could be the last member of the Fantastic Four. Brainstorm. And Sue's like, no. Like, go do crowd control. We're going to fight these guys. So now you got the Fantastics for the Fantastic Four versus the Wrecking Crew. Fantastic Four, they see they're kind of rusty, so they actually kind of get in the way and kind of fucking up shit worse than what it was before. And Valeria, Valeria's looking like, hold up, something that's not right about this whole situation. The Fantastics are here, but they're seem to be everybody already knows them, even though people just heard about it. So she grabs a she goes on a news teleprompter and tells the wrecking crew, I tell you what, the Fantastic Four is loaded. So if you stop fighting, we'll pay you more than what the Fantastics are paying you right now. And Wrecker is like, Well, why didn't you say that? Okay, we're done fighting. And they just leave. You know? And then when they leave, they realize the Fantastic, like, oh yeah, the Fantastics had just been you know, setting this, they, this publicity stunt the whole time and they try to pretend like they were fighting the Wrecking Crew just to make themselves look good. So when they find out what's going on, they, they arrest the, uh, the Wrecking Crew, throw them in jail. They don't arrest the Fantastics, but the Fantastics, the thing is, they still own the Baxter Building. Now, I'm going to rewind time to let you hear about what happened to the Baxter Building. Baxter Building did belong to Fantastic Four. Reed Richards went in out of space to go build multiverses. Spider-Man became a billionaire and he bought it. You know, for Parker Industries. But because comic books always do the same bullshit they've been done before, Spider-Man went broke again. When he broke again, he had to sell the Baxter Building. He sold the Baxter Building to the Fantastics. They own the Baxter Building. They are not selling it back. So the Fantastic Four are homeless. 
So uh, the thing is like, you know what? Why don't you just live with me on Yancey Street? So they go to Yancey Street. Uh, there's a building that Thing owns. He's like, y'all can, you know, we don't have to stay in one one apartment. We y'all can get whatever room y'all want to get. And the room Reed and Sue chooses is room F four. The end. And so, and the one little bitty thing also when Alicia uh not sees, but when you know when she hugs uh Ben, not Ben, Franklin, she hugs Franklin, and she realized that Franklin has grown like about you know five inches since the last time she saw him, which was not too long ago because he's been in space for five years. And she's like, uh, Ben, I don't want that to happen to us. I see every second something might happen. You see how Franklin's already a teenager. When last time I saw him, he was you know, you know, a kid. So. We need to get married. Like when? Like now. So the next book is supposed to be Ben and Alicia getting married. All right. Yeah. So it's a book of four to five. Good breezy pace. Slide is still throwing in all this Spider-Man bullshit that he popped in last 10 years. So that's cool, too. I like continuity. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, my last book is uh, Batman Kings of Fear number four. So, um, so basically, Scarecrow has escaped Arkham. Uh, Batman's been chasing him, but he's been infected by the fear toxin. So he's been tripping balls this whole time. Yeah, and, buddy, my type of story. Yeah, and this and this issue, he faces off with Scarecrow under the influence of the fear gas, and uh, Scarecrow basically gives him a psych evaluation. So this whole issue is we go deep into Batman's psyche. You know, examining why he does what he does, how he sees himself, which is kind of funny. Ironically, Batman sees himself kind of like Superman. He kind of sees himself as a superhero, trying to save everybody, but knowing deep down inside that he can't save everybody. So right. that's what drives his, uh, his, his, his mania. You know what I'm saying? So that was very interesting. Uh, Scarecrow also shows that uh, Bat... What, Shows Batman what Gotham City would be like if Batman if Batman wasn't around if Batman did not exist, um, and Gotham City would basically be really nice and clean and pristine and a quite a beautiful city without. I always Batman. said that, <laughs> and that's just where and that's where it ends. That's it. It's like here's here's Gotham without Batman, and it's just just nice beautiful city, and that's where it ends. So um, it's a really cool story. Kelly Jones art is killing it, um, making the book all trippy and creepy and shit. Um, and just getting into Batman's head is always fun. So I give it a four out of five. Oh, OK. So my last book. Look, my last book, I am morally obligated to review this book. That's okay. just it, it, this book is Ironheart number one. OK. Yeah, because we, we have to review the book. Because if we don't, then I feel like I'm part of the problem. <laughs> so I'm going to review the book. I read the book. Uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened in the book. So basically what happens is uh, Riri is flying around Chicago, having fun, doing Ironheart shit and shit like that. Then she flies back to her school, which is the Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts Institution of Technology. For those who don't know what that is, that is MIT. Uh, Riri is 15 years old, but she's already a student at MIT. And she is such a good student that the professor or the dean of the of the school has already given her her own lab to just do whatever the fuck she want to do. Just build whatever she wants to do, so like that. And she's so good at it, the UN comes to visit her. 
to see what new shit she's cooking up and stuff like that because that's Riri. But some of this stuff is still prototypes, stuff like that, so it kind of like blows up in the UN's face. So the dean starts wagging his finger. Well, if you can't keep safety protocols, Riri, we might have to talk about you in your lab, you know. But he leaves it like that. So they go to another building with the UN world leaders, and it gets taken hostage. Apparently, there's a big sound wall over it. Nobody can enter. Nobody can get out. So Riri got to do some real fast thinking. She does some vibrational blah, blah, blah to her boots to get through it. Anyway, she gets through there. Finds the UN leaders hostages and they are kidnapped by the supervillain named Clash. Now, I don't know who the fuck Clash is, but he gave us a quick backstory real quick. So apparently Clash, remember that whole thing I just said in the last review where Spider-Man was a billionaire? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently Clash was one of his employees. And Clash one of his employees. Clash was fucking crazy. Clash went fucking nuts. Built his own shit. Came supervillain. So he's a Spider-Man villain from the dance slide era. And he's like, I fought Spider-Man. I didn't come here to fight Malibu Dreamhouse Iron Man. She's like, what? And so they get to fighting and shit, and they beat each other's ass and shit. Riri wins, because she's Riri. Oh, uh, she, you know, the UN leaders get loose, and everybody congratulates Riri for saving the day. So like that, and she goes back to her place and tinkers. She goes back to her place and tinkers after saving the day because she's a superhero, because she has no friends. But one of her old friends from Chicago calls her up, and they just talk for hours and hours about everything. Video games, rap music, movies, what's the best Star Trek show. They just have a good time because that's the only friend she has. And then the friend breaks down to her what she's doing, uh, what he was doing the whole time. He's like, uh, Riri, the reason I'm calling because your mom gave me your number. She wants to know, why are you being Ironheart? She's like, I'm being Ironheart to save people. She's like, we get that. But why are you being Ironheart? Because she's from Chicago. She lost her father to violence. She lost her stepfather to violence. She lost her stepsister to violence. And Brian Michael Bendis right. You got to love it. <laughs> so all this stuff she did lost to violence. Why is she putting on a suit, you know, to go into violence? You know, because basically she's going to be end up being statistic just like all the rest of her family is. And that's what her mom is concerned about. So she feels like she's being blindsided by her friend. Chicago hangs up on her. She hangs up on her. She that whole she's been working on a new AI that she hasn't had since Tony Stark left her suit last time, and the AI turns about to be her dead stepsister. And that's how the book ends. So, oh, uh, yeah, typical superhero shit. Three point five out of five. I feel like I had to review it. It's cool. I will say this: the art is really, really good. The art is surprisingly good for a book like this like i've never especially with an artist i've never heard of before because most of the time these books you like i don't they just throw anybody on these books but i also do feel like this writer does have a better grip on riri's characterization than brian michael bendis did because here's the thing i never liked riri now it's not because i'm a maga dude anything like that you know the reason I don't like uh, Riri because I never liked how she was written. I always felt like she was a Mary Sue. I've read that entire Bendis run with uh, she was Iron Man running around. And those books irritate me because she never lose. She never had any conflict. She could win every situation. Everybody loved her. She beat Doctor Doom. She took over Latverdia. She took over S.H.I.E.L.D. They always the first one to call her. So like that. And I'm like, she just learned how to fucking put on the suit. She can do shit better than Tony Stark could. So that's the definition textbook example of Mary Sue. That is not an interesting character. 
but at least what this cat what this writer is doing now i mean she's still mary sewish that she can still beat the ass of any superhero there is out there but at least now they show the awkward side of her that yeah she's an awesome superhero but she has no friends because all she does is sit in the room and just work on uh iron heart shit so she didn't have any friends and she didn't even know how to communicate with people so i thought that was actually kind of interesting you know that was actually you know you found a vein with riri you know so uh eli how, how many issues you give it uh what iron heart yeah six let's say six let's go for six six is always a good round number so that's that's usually the first arc that's usually the first arc, and then they're gonna say that's the mini series there was no fucking mini series uh yeah that's all i got eli you got anything else i'm good oh that being said if you listen this long definitely like share and subscribe uh, we have other podcasts. We have uh, we have a sister podcast, Geek Sav. We have uh, this Geeks and Comics. Uh, we have Comic Cast, which all the books we didn't review, they're gonna review. So definitely listen to them. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check out to see the books we should have reviewed. Uh, what do we have? Hoodoo TV, Talking Balls, which should be done by now. Hopefully, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, it should be done. Uh, what do we got? This Geeks in Destruction, Instruments Destruction, Tools of Destruction, whatever it is. This show's gonna be canceled anyway, so whatever they canceled, I'll tell you the name, new name of it. Uh, and get Valiant. Yeah. Valiant stuff is popping up all over the place. They're gonna be reviewing some books. Uh, next week, is some shit happening next week? I think so. I'm gonna talk about the, the, the Elseworld shit and probably some other bullshit. And maybe I'll see Aquaman, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, maybe and into the spider-verse i think there's some some shit going on into the spider-verse also but i don't know but you might get in free with that i don't know we'll see uh that being said this is leroy this is eli we'll talk to you guys next week same bully time same bully channel (laughs) 